Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and some practical action steps into your inbox. To sign up, just go to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and then sign up for the newsletter there. Have you ever felt like God's calling you out to something new? That's exactly what happened with today's guest, Paula Ferris. Paula is a senior national correspondent at ABC News and host of the popular podcast, Journeys of Faith, which gives an intimate look at how some of the world's most influential people lean on faith and spirituality in the best and worst of times. She's an Emmy award-winning journalist and Paula previously was co-anchor of the Good Morning America Weekend Edition, as well as co-host of The View. Paula has recently released a book titled Called Out, Why I Traded Two Jobs for a Life of True Calling. You're going to love the conversation we had about this topic, so let's jump right into that interview I had with Paula. Well, welcome to this show, Paula. I'm really excited to have you here today. Thank you, Rachel. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Okay, before we jump into all the things we're going to talk about, One of the things I love to ask guests is, what is a fun fact about you that we probably didn't read in your professional bio? That I read the last page of a book before I read the first page. What? (laughs) No, that's a fun fact. No, that's one of the things about me. I am such an innately curious, nosy person and such an impatient person that many times I like, I spoil it. I read the last page of a book, not a biography, but I'm saying like a thriller. I've tried to I've tried to prevent that from happening in the last couple of years and get away from that, but that's that's just my nature. That's kind of speaks to who I am. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, so then on your book that you've just re- recently written, did you do anything to, on the last page of like, hey, if you're reading this last page first, <laughs> like me, you should definitely just flip to the front and start reading. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I should have done that. I do, I don't really do that in with a biography or an autobiography because you kind of know how I mean it's it's not it's not a thriller I do it more with like mysteries and thrillers and page turners so yeah I ruin it for myself unfortunately so but again I've tried to get away from that I've tried to keep more of the suspense in with reality (laughs) oh I love that okay so speaking of books what what part of what we're talking about today is your new book which is called called out, no pun intended. So tell us a little bit about that. Where did it come from? What's the heart behind it? Sure. Well, I I never had a desire to write a book. I didn't feel like I had anything to say. And then a couple of years ago, I really felt like through my own experience, God wanted me to share that that experience with others and encourage and equip them. We're we're taught in as as the society to really lean in, Rachel, to and as women we're taught that our value, there is no value in the home. There's no value to being a stay-at-home mom. And that if we really want to find our value, we have to find that outside of home in career and in job and work. And that, you know, we don't know, like we're taught, we're, we're taught that worth is work. And so I leaned in really hard and I was at the height of my career in broadcasting. So I was anchoring Good Morning America Weekend Edition and I was a co-host at The View, professional high, but then just this personal low uh, where my the the values and relationships that I had professed to be so true to my DNA 
the choices that I was making were was contradicting those values. And so my relationships were a disaster. My health started suffering. My kids and my husband, they were getting my leftovers. I wasn't attending church as regular as I should have because I was just addicted to this job and I was working crazy hours. And I sensed God calling me out of that space a space of addiction to work, a space where my only value was in this vocation. And once I did, I experienced an identity crisis. I didn't know who I was outside of it. And I think that, you know, there was anger because I'm like, I was just doing what I was taught to do to lean into my calling. But unfortunately, calling is inseparable from career. And many times in the faith circles, we're taught to pursue our calling, to pursue our calling, but calling is always career related. It's mm-hmm. always doing related. And so when there's a shift, like a shift I experienced and a shift that many of us have or will experience in our life, we have an identity crisis. Our purpose and our identity and our significance are uprooted because we placed our purpose and our calling in this thing and doing. And so the book's about my experience, but the experience of others who misplaced their significance and purpose. For me, I misplaced it in work. And how I discovered and how we discovered true purpose and calling that don't shift and shake with a pandemic like the one that we are experiencing now or the personal crisis, which I experienced in, in the, I write about in the book, which was really the impetus when God was trying to get my attention to get me to slow down. Yeah. Can we just pause for a half a second and talk about what that looked like? I mean, you were working a job that I think many people would look at and go, oh my goodness, I would kill to have that, you know, the, in fact, you were working three jobs for ABC, right? Is that, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, at certain times, but yeah, yeah at this particular point, I was weekend anchor of Good Morning America. I was co-host at The View. And then I was doing a lot during the week just as a correspondent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody once told me, a mentor of mine said that success is obedience. And so I feel like you clearly were you had to be, there was a process in there where the Lord started speaking to your heart of, okay, this is not what I want for you. What did that look like for you to go from here I am in this job to, okay, yes, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. It was tough. I, I challenged God. I was angry because Mm -hmm. I said, God, I'm, you brought me to this place. You know, if you rewind just 20 years, I was paralyzed by my fear from even getting into broadcasting. And so I had to overcome those fears to get into it and really lean into this vocational call in my life. And I really felt like that's what God was calling me to do. And then when God's calling me out of it, I'm like, wait, you, so you led me to this point, to the height of my career. And now you want me to walk away from it? Like, why? People are going to think that I failed spectacularly. They're going to think that I couldn't hack it. Like, why would you lead me to this point only to ask me to step away from it? And so there was a lot of anger there, but I I think, you know, so much what God asks us to do, and you hit it right on the head is be obedient. Like, why did he ask Joshua to circle Jericho seven times? I don't know, but he asks us to circle. And so many times we feel like we're circling, but that's where the refining process happens. And that's where God's really testing our heart and really looking for an obedient heart, a heart that, that steps out. And through through fear, it steps into faith and just like, okay, God, I know you're in it and I'm going to trust you in it and I'm going to be obedient in it. But it was tough. I, I mean, I kind of went kicking and screaming and God had to allow a personal crisis, honestly, a series of them to happen to really get my attention. And, and so he said, if you don't slow down, I'm going to slow you down. 
And that's what happened. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable sharing any of the personal crisis of what led you to go ahead? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I write about it in the book. I I write about, you know, it wasn't enough, Rachel, to, to know that the relationships were failing around me and the things that I held true, my professed values were clashing with the choices I was making and my health was suffering and people and everyone was getting my leftovers. That wasn't enough to get my attention. Over a period of seven months, I had a miscarriage with an emergency surgery. I had a concussion at work. Someone, it was a freak accident. Somebody threw an object at my head right before I was going live for Good Morning America that morning. And it knocked me out of work for three weeks. The day that I got cleared to go back to work after the concussion, I got in a head-on car crash. And then I had influenza, which turned into pneumonia. And I was like, all right, God, you got my attention. If I don't slow down, you are going to slow me down. I feel like God had to physically slow me down and emotionally slow me down to get me to step away. And that's when I did. But it was, you know, I had, I'm feeling you know, following God's call and being obedient, even when I didn't really know what he was asking me to do next. I didn't know the next chapter. I still, in many regards, don't know what the next chapter looks like, but I'm just trying to, to, to listen to that, that spirit, that, that still small voice. And I feel like we, you can have a peace about something or you can have an unease. And I was peace. I had a peace. This is what God wanted me to do, but I was still scared. And I still had to deal with fear. And those two things can coexist. And they, I, I don't think that, I think there's this this fallacy that we conquer fear and never have to deal with it again. And that's so not true. And, and just because you experience fear doesn't mean that the fear is that we know that fear is from the devil. You can experience fear, but that doesn't mean that that's your intuition that you shouldn't pursue it. Like I had a piece that I was supposed to do this, even though it didn't make sense to a lot of people nor myself, but I was still scared about it. Okay. So those things can, those things are not, those two are not mutually exclusive fear and whether, you know, unease or a peace. So I had to push through that. I really did. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because one thing my husband and I have always stood by is follow the peace. Like that's how we, you know, we, or we make a lot of our decisions. So good. Do we have peace? Yes or no. And, and it is interesting, you know, sometimes in your head, you're thinking, I shouldn't have peace about this thing, but I do. So, okay, we're going to do it or vice versa. Something that you really wish you had peace about. I'm like, that seems like such a good thing. Why can't I, God, why won't you give me peace to do that thing? But it's like, (laughs) but then on the other side, you see, okay, I see why. So it's, it always goes back to that whole faith thing. Okay. So the next thing I want, go ahead. Yeah. The peace comes, but the peace comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and we have to listen to that, that still small voice and that peace within our spirit. We have to listen to it. And that should be, I love, I love that, that phrase. I'm going to adopt that. Follow the peace. Yeah. That's such good advice. Yeah. And, okay. So let's hang out here for a second. I was going to move on, but actually I feel like people listening might go, well, how do I do that? How do I follow the peace? What do you think keeps people f- from doing that? I fear, mm-hmm. you know, that I, for me, fear has paralyzed me. From, from taking that next step. And that's where I have to go back. You, you look in scriptures, again, fear is nothing, it's not something that we conquer. Fear should be expected and fear should be anticipated, especially in those decisions that may not make sense to other people, but, but to you, you have a peace about it. And so expect fear, anticipate it, and then you have to push through it. I know that that's sometimes easier said than done. But if you look in Joshua 1, where God was asking Joshua to take down Jericho, but to circle. 
he circled, he had to be obedient. And then he had to press past the fear, fear of what was going to happen on the other side. And God writes, have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous? Don't be scared and don't be discouraged, but the Lord your God's with you everywhere you go. So in that verse, that verse to me says more about fear than anything else. God acknowledges it. He says, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. He acknowledges it. And then he commands us. Have I not commanded you to be strong and to be courageous? And Lord, your God's going to be with you everywhere you go. God commands us to press into that. And then he promises us that he's going to be there in it, through it, and on the other side of it. But we have to take that first step in the same way that he was with Moses. He's promised that he'll be with you. And he's been with me. So that, that, that to me is like, that speaks more about fear than anything else, that it will be present. We're commanded to push through it and we're promised that God's going to be there. Yeah, I love that promise. And, you know, I think for myself, too, on this whole idea of following the peace, I really have to, especially when we're making big big decisions, I almost have to put my blinders on to what everybody else is doing, meaning let's don't look at social media, let's don't, you know, phone a friend. And I'm not saying don't seek wise counsel, for sure, seek wise counsel. But I think that it's really tempting to start being like, well, so-and-so is doing this, so why shouldn't I also do this? And it's like, well, I don't know. God didn't give me the peace to do what they're doing. So I'm not going to do it. You know, it doesn't matter if they're doing it. So (laughs) yeah. And I think that's where it like, it has to start with a peace. And if you don't have a peace, then don't even give it another thought, but then you can have a peace about it and then make sure you're listening to the right voices. Make sure like for me, trusted people that I do life with, not just casual acquaintances. I'm saying people in my small group that have seen under my hood and have seen the warts and the rust those people that you can confide in and that can call you out and can hold you accountable. So seeking wise counsel and guidance from just that small group of people that you do life with, you know, and then God speaks to you. Like I had to learn to listen to God. We want God to speak through this deep baritone voice, parting the clouds and the angels sing, you know, it doesn't happen. God speaks through scriptures and he speaks through sermons. He speaks through people, but he, he speaks through songs. How many times have you been in the, in the car, Rachel? And you're like, I've heard that song three million times. And this time I hear it differently. And I feel like God is speaking to me through that song. Like that's how God communicates through, through dreams and through trusted people in your life, through books and through podcasts. Like that's how God speaks to his people. It's just a matter of going, rewinding it. Do I have a piece about this? Okay. If I do, then let's see how God's going to speak to me through this and yeah. listening to those right, for the right voice. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, God's using you right in this moment to speak to me because just this morning I was praying about something. I'm like, Lord, I need you to show me. And he's already shown me the answer. I just didn't want it to be the answer, to be honest. You know what I mean? And I'm like, how many times does that happen? You're like, no. I'm like, I keep coming back to him in prayer. I'm like, are we sure about that answer? Have you changed your mind? He's like, nope, it's still the same answer. I'm like, okay. And the the fact that you're asking him, are you sure? You know he's sure. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I, he does not waver in his, his, his ways. I'm, I'm the wavering one here. So, so So that's my prayer. Those of you who are listening today, I think there probably are some people listening that you're maybe trying to make a decision on something and you know, the Lord's already spoken to you and we are hopefully here confirming. Yeah. Just follow that piece. Okay. This is so good. This conversation is just getting me so excited. 
All right. Another topic I want to talk to you about, because I feel like you have a special anointing to speak to this, is that word calling. Oh, boy. Mm. We see that word thrown around a lot. I think misinterpreted a lot. You kind of started to talk about this a little in the beginning. Tell me your thoughts on that word calling. Well, I, you know, before I went through this, I, I thought calling was my career. I thought it was what I was put on this earth to do. And that it was a thing that it was doing, that it was a, that it was a job, that it was a vocation. I mean, in churches, we're told that we have to find our calling and, you know, in society, we're told, you know, basically that that's our only value that we bring to the table. What's your name? What do you do for a living? We ask our kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? So it's, it's not only implied, it's explicit that this is our only value, that doing is our only value. Unfortunately, we're getting that same message from the faith circles and from church. And so I pressed in and I leaned in really hard to this thing that I thought that God wanted me to do, this call, this vocational calling on my life. And I wrapped up my identity and my purpose in it. And, you know, when I introduced myself, my name would be, I would say, my name's Paula and I'm the weekend co-anchor of Good Morning America and I'm so host at The View. So that became who I was. My vocation became who I was. It became my identity and my purpose. And not until I walked away did God and, and, and I was in that space of introspection and just, you know, on my hands and knees, God, how did I get this wrong? Like, did God really reveal that we have two callings on our life? Okay, so we can't just throw that word around casually. We need to contextualize it. We have a faith calling or a purpose. It's the faith calling and purpose are the same thing. And your purpose on this earth is who you are, why you're here, and it has nothing to do with, with, with career. Mm-hmm. For me, my faith calling, my purpose is to love God and to love people, not to be the best broadcaster that I can be. It's not to be the best teacher that I can be. It's not to be the best engineer, um, the best cashier, it's to love God and love people. That's who I am. That's my purpose on this earth. And it's never going to change. That is my faith calling. My vocational calling is what I do. And it's just the vehicle. Think of vocation vehicle. It's the vehicle by which you'll love God and love people. It's the vehicle by which you'll fulfill your faith calling and your purpose. Vocation, as opposed to faith calling, will change. Your vocational calling will change, and you should expect it to change uh, throughout your life. Vocation can be seasonal. Vocation can be, you know, different chapters in your life. God can call you to different things in different seasons. It's not one thing, not one dimensional. You can branch out and try new things, but it's all rooted in knowing that your worth isn't your work that the only reason you're doing this is because God's put you in that particular capacity based upon the gifts and talents that you have to show people the love of Christ. And so it's given me this permission to see myself outside of what I do. All right. So I no longer say I'm Paula Ferris and I'm, well, clearly, because I'm not the weekend co-anchor <laughs> and I'm not a co-host of The View, but my purpose statement, my faith calling statement has nothing to do with doing It's I'm Paula Ferris and I'm a wife. I'm a, a mother of three. I love Jesus. I'm curious. I ask a lot of questions and I champion the underdog. So like that's who I am. And yes, the talents and gifts that I have uniquely been given, but that's never going to change in a crisis, whether it's a personal crisis, like the one I experienced, and it's not going to change in a pandemic and it has nothing to do with doing. Okay. So, um, so I just needed to go back to the foundation and really peel back those layers and see calling as two facets on my life. And I love the analogy, and I write about it a little bit in the book. If you think about a vine, and a healthy vine has many branches, right? 
the vine, think about that as your purpose to love God and love people. And the branches are vocation. So you see a healthy vine produces many different branches. So look at your, your vocation is the same thing. We could have many different branches, many different capacities. Vocation can be seasonal. It's not always just one thing. We need to give ourselves the permission to see ourselves outside of what we do, but to let God use us in so many different capacities. Because for so long, I said, I'm a broadcaster. I don't know what else I would do with that. Peeling back those layers, like what did, what are the unique talents and gifts that God gave me that made me good at broadcasting? Well, I've been innately curious since I was out of the womb. My nickname when I was young was Paula 20 questions. I ask a question, I question, you know, I persist. I try to get to the bottom of the story. I'm like really dogged and just persistent. And so peeling back those layers and looking, okay, those gifts and talents, God can use those on a bunch of different branches, can't he? Not just broadcasting. So we limit ourselves and we back ourselves into a corner thinking, I'm only going to do this the rest of my life. Instead of God gave me these, these gifts and talents and he can use those on a different branch, whether it's one season, you know, for a couple of seasons, God might be calling me to stay home and be with my children. Another season, he might be calling me to do vocationally to do something else, but it's all rooted in loving God and loving people. And my identity and purpose is rooted in who I am, not in what I do. Well, you just brought a lot of freedom to me and to a lot of people listening. I know you did. I want to restate a few of the things you said. First of all, I think we all could take that that core faith calling of love God and love people, you know, and then also how you said that your vocation is just a vehicle. I, I love that so much. And, you know, also one other gift that you have is the gift of communication. I mean, obviously to be a good broadcaster, you have to be able to communicate. So now here you are, your vehicle is you're communicating through podcast and now a book. And I don't know if you do speaking, but I see speaking. I like, even when you were talking, I just saw a vision of you speaking on a really big stage to a lot of people. So um, I know, I don't know. It, I just, I love that what you just said, though, that sometimes we can cling to the vehicle, I feel like, but it's like, wait, hold on. God wants to put us in a different, like, you're going to need a different kind of vehicle because it's going to be different terrain, even, you know, if you think about where certain types of vehicles are great for the road and others are great for off-roading, right? And so, yes, um, but, but I can't take my, my road bike, if you will, my husband and I are cyclers, and go ride in the off-road trails. That would not work, you know? It would be very bumpy, very ugly, lots of flat tires, lots of head injuries along the way. So I just love how you just explained that so well. That that was beautiful. Okay, so what, yeah, that was so good. What are some practical ways that listeners that they're listening, that they can overcome some fears that might be holding them back? Yeah, I think realizing that fear will be present and realizing that they should expect it. That's the first step. Just when you feel fear in a situation, you're like, oh, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the situation. No, you should expect it and you should anticipate it. And um, it's not something that you're going to conquer and never have to deal with again. So I think just acknowledging that it probably it's going to be involved in the equation and then realizing that God's commanded you to press into the fear And then he's promised you, like, you have to take that first step. Faith is taking the first step when you can't see the rest of the staircase. Um, I think that has helped me. And just clinging to that promise of of God saying, the same way as of Moses, I'll be with you. Knowing, like, I just throw it on God. I'm like, okay, I know if you called me vocationally to this particular area, you're going to equip me. You are going to equip me, even though I am so scared. 
And he always has, he's, he's equipped me and, but I put it on him too. I'm like, I'm going to take this step, but God, you have, you have to meet me there. I'm expecting you and I'm expectant. And he always has met me there. He always has. And I do want to, I want to speak some life into people that might be listening that are like, I don't know what it is. Okay. Now I know my worth isn't my work, but on the vocational aspect, like, how do I know what I am supposed to do? Like, how do I know what I'm good at? How do I know when God's calling me into a particular area? I did this interview in the book, and it really was an eye-opener for me. A, general, a high-level government guy who had felt called to go into government, He, I, I was interviewing him because because he wrote that he felt called into going into government. And I said, okay, please tell me what, what calling is, because I'm sick of throwing this word around, and, and we can't really articulate what it looks, sounds, feels like. And he said, vocational calling looks like three things. And this is a three-step formula. All, you have to meet all three of these criteria. Are you good at it? Do you love it? And do trusted people in your life say that you're good at it and you love it? It's not enough, Rachel, to just say, to do just to be good at it. It's not enough just to love it. It's not enough just for a person, one person to recognize you're good at it. You have to be good at it. You have to love it. And then trusted people have to notice that you're good at it and you love it. For me, people have spoke life into that my entire life. I'm curious. I'm all of 20 questions. I ask tons of questions. I get to the bottom of the story and I champion people and I fight for people and I'm really persistent. I'm a communicator. So it kind of, you know, it, for me, it all made sense when God was calling me vocationally into broadcasting. And my high school teacher, my college professors were speaking life into this as well, saying this is what you're good at it and this is what you love. But you just peel back those layers. What makes me good at broadcasting I, could make me good in a myriad of different capacities. So I have to stop backing myself into that corner and seeing myself as one thing. The curiosity, the doggedness. I like to champion people. The community, you said, you know, being an effective communicator. Look at how many different areas that can that can manifest itself. So many different capacities. You just said speaking for me. You know, I feel like God's put that on my heart to maybe start speaking. I'm going on the speaking circuit specifically when it comes to vocation and really helping people and champion people in this space. So, you know, for so long, I've limited God based on my talents and gifts and thought it was just going to be this one thing forever and ever and ever. And God's like, "Mm -mm, I can use you on so many different branches, Paula. And he, God can use your, your gifts and talents, what you're good at, what you love and what other people notice you're good at and you love. He can use it in so many different capacities. You just have to remember who, you know, what you're doing, who you're doing it for. And it has to be rooted in, in knowing and believing that your worth does not lie in your work. This vocation that you have is just your vehicle has to be rooted in that. Yeah, I love that. See, if you're good at it, you love it. And trusted people say that you're good at it. I can relate to and that. And that you love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that you love it. The, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I love how practical that is too. That's awesome. I really, you know, I would love for you to speak to this. So I am a, I wear a lot of hats. And sometimes when people say, what do you do? I'm like, I don't even know how to explain to people what I do. But I know for a long time, I would say I'm just a stay at home mom that we're just in there. You know, I'm just a stay at home mom. I do too. I I no longer have that in my vocab because I'm like, the Lord spoke to me about that. He's like, you're not just a stay at home mom. Like that's a, big calling. But I hear a lot of women now that I am aware of, you know, whenever I would say it and I'm like, wait, that's not how we should be responding. And even so I'm going to let you answer that in a second. I'm going to say one more thing, even on 
this is a silly example, but Instagram, for example, I have taken different courses and whatnot, and they'll tell you, oh, you need to put all the things you are on there. You're a speaker, you're a podcaster, you're a counselor, all these things. And I was, I, I was having this issue. I was talking to God about it. And I'm like, God, how do I honestly sum up in a little blurb on Instagram what I am? Like I, that to me, how, how weird would that be if I was like, oh, hey, Paula, my name's Rachel and I'm a speaker, author, podcast, like, and I started rattling off all these things that I am and that I do. And the Lord was like, you're just a daughter, like you're my daughter. And of course, I, you know, I know to some people here that that sounds weird that I would just rest in that I'm his daughter. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Like, let's just rest in that. I don't need to lay list off all the things that I am and that I do. And so I would love for you to speak to, I guess, the question in that, and you're welcome to speak to any of it, but really is that whole thing that a lot of women carry of, I'm just a fill in the blank, you yes. know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's where I say, like, your value is not in your vocation. And yes, we feel that, especially for women that stay home, that have chosen to stay home, society tells you that there's no value in that. And that is such a lie. I hate that we're told that we can't off ramp and stay home with our kids. We're told A, there's no value in it. And then we're told B, that we can't get back in one day. So then we're scared. And we operate in this this realm of fear that I'm going to stay here because if I step away and I off ramp and I want to be home with my kids, there's no value and I can't get back in down the road. And that is such a lie from the devil. There is, for me, the highest vocational calling you can have in your life is to be home with your children. And let's just call it a spade a spade. You're not staying at home. (laughs) You're not, there's no staying. You're like running around everywhere. That is the highest vocational call for a woman that God can call you to. And that can, but remember, that can be seasonal. Like vocation is seasonal. And that's what we have to see, these different branches. God might be calling you to stay home for a couple of seasons, for a long season. And then you have to give yourself the permission to believe that God might call you to something else down the road in another season or two. But that season, especially staying staying at home, is the most valuable thing that you can do. And that is a lie from society that there's no value in it and, and that there won't be another vocation, a vocational opportunity for you. If you are eventually ready to one day return to the quote unquote workforce. So that is a lie. That is an absolute lie from the devil. And I just want to give women, you know, the the permission to see a to see themselves outside of what they do, peel back those layers and remember that worth does not lie in work. It doesn't lie in work. Your worth and value are in being. Rachel, for you, like you are a wife and you are a mother. You love Jesus. And what are the unique talents and gifts that you think God has given you? I'm not saying you're an author. Like peel back those layers. What makes you a good podcaster? What makes you a good counselor? What do you think? Like, what is it that you're good at that you love that other people notice? Like that is who you are. The, the How you exercise that and the vehicle is the vocation. That's podcasting. Okay. And that's writing. I know that you said you're thinking about writing a book. That's counseling. All these different hats that you wear is that's the vocational capacity. But peel that back. Like what is your purpose statement outside of doing? What would you say? Like we need to come up with this purpose statement. I'm Rachel. I'm a mother of three. I love Jesus. I'm a wife. And like for me, I say I'm curious. I ask questions and I, uh, I champion people. Okay. That's who I am. 
the way I go about exercising that purpose is just the vocational capacity. So what would you like, just think about that. How would you describe yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the doing. Yeah. You know, I would say, like you said, Rachel, wife, mom, and all of my life, I have been told you're a really good listener. And I think that's actually what makes me a good podcaster and a good counselor. Um, I'm in, I'm about to graduate. By the way, that's a side note. I went back after a decade of being a stay-at-home mom, and I'm getting my master's in marriage and family therapy. So Yay, it's, ne- it's never too late. And God totally busted open the door for me to do that and has provided in so many cool ways for me to get this degree. But yeah, so I love to listen and I love to encourage people. And so that's part of why I really love with podcasting. I think it's one of my favorite things because I'm listening to you talk. And mm-hmm. as you're talking talking, questions arise because I often hear things that maybe not everybody would hear, you know, whenever they're because they're, yeah. they're not really you're, listening. You're a great listener. You're a really great listener. And I think that's who you are. Uh-huh. And that's not going to, and that's not going to change. Yeah. But the way that God's going to ask you to exercise that in a particular vocational capacity yeah. will change. And that's why you can't ever get too attached to the doing yeah. and to the particular branch, because the moment you're rooted in, I am a podcaster yeah, and I am a counselor. Then when there's a shift, you're going to feel a shift in your purpose. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel a shift in your identity. Okay. But you peel all of that back. Those things that you just described your purpose, like I'm a listener and I'm an encourager. That's not going to change. That's the, the unique tap. Those are the unique gifts that God gave you and you alone. Yeah. And he's going to give you the permission to use those a lot of different capacities. Yeah. And it's really been fun to get to use those skills in my own home with my husband and my kids because they always know if mom is listening to something that they're talking about, a problem or, you know, if they're just like venting about something, I will always ask them, I'll always take it to a place that they're like, oh, great, mom. Like just yesterday, (laughs) just yesterday, my 11 year old was telling me about something she saw outside and and I, of yeah. course, I, of course, took it way down this big teaching moment. And she's like, Mom, everything doesn't always have to be so deep. I'm like, yeah, it does actually with me. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you know who you are. Yeah. You, know who you are. And that and, and God's going to use that. Yeah. He's going to use that for his glory, however he wants. Yeah. You just have to accept that 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 God can use it in a lot of different ways. And yeah. that's hard sometimes because we want to be one. It's more comfortable to be one thing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me about me. I've never had a guest turn the conversation around and be like, how about you? What's your mission statement? <laughs> That's your investigative side. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. I know. I, I tend to do that. I, I, I'm trying not to deflect, but I just like, I want people, to, I want to encourage women and men to really think about that. Yeah. It's very freeing. And I feel like God has just given me a, the permission to see myself in such a different way now, instead of doing just being and who I am. Yeah. And it's, oh gosh, it's like shackles have been, yeah, have been broken. It really is. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't see that as you deflecting. I actually appreciated it because I think that those of you listening, hopefully when she asked me those questions, you took it yourself too. And we're like, oh wait, yeah. what, you know, what is my, you know, what would my statement be? What would, what would be the things that I feel like that I'm good at aside from that vocation. So as we wrap up yeah. today, Paula, this conversation has been so rich. I've loved it. Um, do you want to- I've sh- loved it too. I know, it's been good. <laughs> um, do you want to share with people where they can find you, where they can get your book, sure. all the fun things? 
Yeah, the book is uh, Barnes and Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com. Of course, it's on Amazon, Audible. We had some issues with Audible. I had narrated the version and with COVID, there were some issues getting it delivered. So it's it's now available on Audible and ebook. And if you want to reach out to me, I would love it. The, the most rewarding aspect of this, listen, I'm just sharing my message, but it's been so rewarding and so humbling to to hear people find themselves in these pages that people have reached out to me men and women saying you're telling my story and that is that's god that's god speaking through a book that's god speaking through a podcast that's god speaking through a song through a scripture through a trusted person and i just i pray that the book really encourages you but really equips you to to find that unshakable, unmovable purpose and calling in your life that don't have to do with, with, with work and vocation and, you know, this quote unquote career calling on our life. So to really be able to root into that and find it so that you're not going to shift and shake when you experience a crisis, you won't shift and shake when you experience this pandemic. And you can reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. It's my first name and my last name, Paula Ferris. And Ferris is spelled just like the city of Paris with an F like Frank. And I would love to hear your stories and just, I'm grateful for the support. I really am. It's nerve wracking being a first time author. So thank you for your support and your encouragement. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check out all of those links in the show notes today. And Paula, thank you again for coming on the show. You are an encouragement to me and I know the people listening are going to be encouraged as well. Thank you. Well, you are a wonderful listener and you are an incredible encourager. And I just want to speak some life into that. And thank you for speaking some life into some of my gifts and talent. You're welcome. That was fun. Right. It was really great, Rachel. Thank you. God bless. Okay. Didn't that conversation with Paula get you excited about stepping out when God calls? I hope you'll pick up a copy of Paula's book and read the rest of her story. Don't forget to sign up for Joymail, a monthly newsletter sure to bring some extra joy to your inbox. To be on that list, you can text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 on your cell phone, or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com and just click the Start Here tab and you can sign up for the newsletter there. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.